Greetings. Hello and welcome. The archival recording you are about to hear was sourced from live streaming audio in an effort to expand content reach. I have decided to repurpose the show as an audio podcast. I have done my best to remaster the audio quality for your ears, but I have chosen to leave its content and length unedited, so you may hear reference to visual cues not described in said audio. If you would like to see the original live streaming video podcast this recording comes from, please head over to youtube.com slash C slash Frumis Films LLC or just search Frumis, F-R-U-M-E-S-S. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Audio from episode to episode will also vary in quality. Sorry about that. Thank you for tuning in and listening. Jeff from us. Welcome to this live stream where we talk about the best genre film of the year. It's called Psycho Gore. A lovely Gygaxian coming of age tale. Um, <laughs> I have the uh, I have the standard edition because I waited too long to buy the hunky boy edition. So I have the regular, but still lots of good special features on this one too. You want to know something? I, you know, it's funny. I, I, when I messaged you to do this, this with me online, I asked you if you had seen it and I forgot that you were one of the people when this popped up, I was like, there, there was limited to 2000. And I was like, do I blind buy this? Because right. just rave reviews. Am I going to be, like smart about this or am I going to be stupid? And you were one of the people who actually said to me, I had forgotten that who had said to me, Hey, you need to own this movie. <laughs> I, I rented it on VOD. I could not wait to watch it. And uh, I, I did not regret my purchase at all. And again, like I, re- I revisited once more into the fray with this Blu-ray and uh, I was smiling the whole time. So uh, I love that cover so much. Isn't that so cool? It's just, it, it sets the tone. It sets the tone for what you're going to see. And I, I just, I love it. I'm just showing, listen, this is not to make you jelly in any way. Cause I know you want this edition. I, I just want to show you what's inside because I figured you would appreciate it. So please, please do not take that as any other way you get. They gave you this thing. You said you ordered the glasses, right? I went to I went to plasticmeatball.com and I ordered the drinking glasses. I cannot wait to get those. Yes. They have they have action figures too. Yes, like those figures are figure set. A lot of their stuff is sold out. Like the the crazy wow. ball balls and the towels and the beach towels or whatever. It's crazy. Look let's at that. Let's take a card. look at these. Yeah, let's Bio look at these. Cop. It's not just card, it's cards. Hold on. Let's take a look at these cards real quick. And again, <clears throat> this is not I really hope this is not coming off as fucked. Just wanted no, to look no, at the no, 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 no. Okay. I'm not petty right. like that. Okay, I appreciate that. <laughs> this is this. I want to see within it. So that's, so that's one. Of, that's one of the cards. That's Pandora, and we're going to talk about her. Obviously, that's that's PG Goreman, Psycho Goreman himself. Mm. Um, this is this is Mimi right here. This was genius idea to put cards in yes, the. I love it. This is Biocop, which I didn't realize Biocop is from a, a fake trailer that they had done. Right. Astron 6 did a fake trailer for a movie called Biocop. And I, when right. I saw the movie the first time, I was like, wait a minute. That's kind of like Biocop. 
And it and is Biocop. <laughs> then there's Luke. And on the backs, they have bios, but I'm not going to get into that because I can't see with these sunglasses on. They have like little bio things. Um, can you explain what Astron 6 is for anybody who's not aware exactly? Astron 6 is a Can- Canadian Monty Python for genre film nerds of the last 25 years. Um, wow. That was a perfect description. Like, like legit. And they're, wow. they're, they're, among my favorite filmmakers of all time, they do, they did a trauma film called Father's Day, which is one of the greatest low oh, budget genre films of all time. Uh, no offense to trauma, but better than any trauma film ever made. <laughs> they out trauma trauma, and then they did a really awesome uh, giallo homage homage called uh, The Editor, which is another great. Uh, oh, that film. is them as well. Holy crap! Yes, yes, and uh, they also did a the guy who directed this film did a movie called Manborg, which is almost all stop motion animation. I have that have not watched it yet. I bought that. I rescued that from a blockbuster. The last time I was ever in a blockbuster, I bought a copy of Manborg just for the title. Just, I saw the title and I bought it for 99 cents. I was like, I just have to own this on Mm -hmm. and I'm still haven't watched it yet, but I'm sure I will. It's a very fun film. Uh, You know, it's made for like a thousand dollars, I think, but it's so much fun, so much energy and humor. Um, and they also did The Void. Uh, Kostansky and Gillespie did The Void. Um, okay. Their, their most recent film up until okay. Psycho Gorman. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, I have to say, this is, and you know what's funny? This is, I can understand why this is Nathan porn, because this is like, th- this is. I feel like this is the film, the magical film that you're always striving to like have at Genre Blast. Genre Blast, yes. Right? Does Psycho that make Gorman, sense? Like Psycho Gorman or like Turbo Kid, like those yeah. are the movies that we we are. I yeah. I'm, I'm just gonna say I I love I love. They're right. so entertaining. Hobo with a shotgun, you know that kind yeah. of stuff. You know, it's yep. just They're so all, entertaining. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Which is why, which explains your your love and admiration, rightfully so, for uh, what is it, Lieutenant uh, Lieutenant Jangles? Yeah, which is very much in that vein, I would say as well. I would, yeah. I would put that in firmly in that paradigm. Um, I had no idea what to expect. I literally knew nothing. I did never seen a trailer. I had I had only seen the cover art, and I had heard people ch- talking about it. I try to avoid trailers if I can, most mostly in general, mm-hmm. um, or at least I'll watch like the first trailer to a to a movie that's coming out. But I don't want to see no second or third trailer. Stay, keep that stuff away. Right. Um, so I knew nothing. I literally went into this blind. I had no idea what to expect. And holy hell, what a <laughs> script. What a, the creativity. And, you know, it's funny. I'm going, you know, this is just like W is for Wish in ABCs of Death 2. And sure enough, same director, same writer. This is an extension of that yes. in many ways, yes. you know? So Absolutely. this is like, I think I posted this in my initial thoughts on um, Facebook. It's like if Saban who did the power Rangers, if they yeah. got hold of like a Hellraiser script and they decided to make it, it's, it's That's like power perfect. Rangers meets like Hellraiser Wishmaster. It's so much fun. And if you're between 30 and 45, you're, <laughs> this is your sweet spot right here is this film. It's, it's, it's not necessarily laugh out loud funny. There are definitely moments where I laughed out loud, but it's 
I, this, the best way I can describe it is that there's a smile on your face the entire time you're watching it. Like this is, this is perfect. The tone is perfect. The, the acting is perfect. Adam Brooks is so funny as the deadbeat dad. Um, So great. (laughs) It's, it's uh, very accurate too. I, I mean, I know, people like that so uh, the family dynamic in this movie could have been just a throwaway but they go all in so on quirky humor. It's, it's so quirky. quirky and it's almost the crux of the film um, what, are you, what are your impressions you what were you expecting and what did you actually you know how did you feel after watching it well i'll say this i i, I did i watched this alone in my living room today you know and I, there were moments where I was just laughing out loud by myself, like from mm-hmm. just just so many, like every line is almost instant, instantly quotable. Mm-hmm. Like I had to write, I wrote some of them down. We'll, we'll get to that. Um, and again, I didn't really know what to expect. I was surprised that we got as much. So, you know what? Okay. Here's what I really loved about it more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't rely on, it doesn't set up, uh, uh, its universe's rules. It just pulls out a new rule every time it feels like it, as it's convenient for the story. And an example, just out of nowhere. Oh, we need Psycho Goreman to be hurt. So of course they saved some of his blood from that war, <laughs> and they poisoned their blades with it, and then used it on him. Mm-hmm. And now he's really sick. Mm-hmm. Uh, just stuff like that. You know, um, they they have this whole mythology just weave throughout the thing, but it's just, it's like throwaway mythology. Like none of it means anything or matters. And it, when it, when they reference it, it's just, it's spectacular. And you know, the whole movie is a feast for the eyes. Like every oh, time yeah. they do this, oh, can't panic. Uh, just a little, <laughs> just a little blip. We're okay. We're, we're back. Got my face um, for the screen. Did you, did you hear anything I just said? I heard you up until you said something about, you know, this is a feast for the eyes. And then that was it. Gotcha. It's a feast for the eyes where you're, uh, when you go to these fantastical elements, like for instance, the, the circle of the guilds of alien creatures that want to stop <laughs> cycle Gorman. Like you want to scrutinize every creature in that room. There's a lizard person. There's a guy in with a jar on his head and he's just a brain. There's blue spaghetti noodles that are meant to be shared <laughs> on the table. <laughs> like, it's yes, just great. This is, this is almost like a throwback to a lot of 80s sci- science fantasy films like Crawl and Masters of the Universe and yep. all those films where there's all these amazing creatures and effects on display and you see them for maybe 30 seconds. And you're like, wait a minute. I want to see the guy with the f- fish head. Oh, you know what I mean? Right. Again, a little bit. Right. And so it was definitely a throw. These guys love those kind of films, I'm sure. And there's there could be a whole line of action figures for for this film um, if it oh, becomes a huge two. cult. There's two. There's the Paladin. There's Psycho Gorman. But like the Paladin's Obsidian, you know, Psycho Gorman's old uh, running buddies, and then <laughs> the whole Galactic Council, like you were saying in that room. Like every character. I mean, come on, like the creature designs in this film are a thing of beauty. And I was in love with every one of them. There was Um, a vat of there was a vat of body parts that had (laughs) legs and machine gun hands. It's like straight out of Warhammer 40K. It's just like a like a tub of blood (laughs) shooting blood, (laughs) but shooting blood at the same time. And you're not really sure. Like there's he does shoot blood at Psycho Gorman and Psycho Gorman is just like, what? Like, it's just. (laughs) 
And then there's poor Vince. Like, poor Vince gets, like, like you know, Psycho Gorman. Like, that's the thing. Like, there's no limit to what he can do. And he can do anything that's convenient for the script to keep us entertained. Because the other thing, too, is you're like, where is this going? And every time I'm questioning in my head, where is this film going? But not out of boredom, just out of wonderment. Yeah. They're like, here's a shiny new toy for you to obsess about for two seconds. And then it's on to the next thing. And um, it's just, man, it, like, I bet you that played so well at festivals and, you know, uh, it, with, with, a, with a packed audience. I wish I had seen it at the Alamo. If my Alamo was open, I would oh, have man. man. That was that would have been just the the bee's knees. Um, did you see Greener Grass or Grass Greener? Have you heard of this genre film? It sounds very familiar. I have not seen it though. What it? Tell me what it's about. It's on Hulu, and I highly, especially for you, must see this film. Like yeah. immediately, seek this film out. Um, it is the same sort of quirky weirdness. Like for instance the humor with the knock Morse code communication that the whole family can do inexplainably. (laughs) It's the same sort of thing, except taken to the nth degree. If you Mm -hmm. like this sort of stuff, it's, it's just a whole lot of weird. It's just a town where everybody has braces and drives golf carts and it's never (laughs) explained. It's never explained why, like that's, that's just part of the world. Everybody has braces. Uh, husbands, wives, children, and they all drive around in golf carts. And wow. that's just part, that's just the world that they live in. That, that, and everybody wears pastels. It's called greener grass. It's the weirdest, super bizarre. And it kind of reminded me a little bit of this because, you know, there are these fantastical elements or these crazy elements where the parents kind of just turn to each other and they go, eh, or, oh, it's probably a wino. Or, you know, like, <laughs> like, like, hey, I'm going to, you know, there's this weird demon. There's this demon alien that's, like, become a part of the family, and we're kind of okay with it. And I don't know. I like that Psycho Gorman does not lose his edge by begrudgingly loving the family. He's like, right, you guys are safe, but I'm still going to murder the shit out of everybody else. <laughs> right, right. And I want, listen, I want every sequel to this film. I feel like Mm-hmm. I feel like you could go endlessly anywhere and you really can't do wrong. And again, you know, they really do make the world feel so big by every time they bring in a character, you know, you know what it kind of reminded me of too. It's kind of like that talk in Blade Runner, you know, Rutger Hauer, he's talking about the yes. beams glistening, mm-hmm. the beams glistening off of Orion's shoulder and yada, yada, yada. And you, can imagine the Blade Runner universe is so much bigger than it really is. And you get that feeling in this movie too. Oh yeah. There's a really funny cutaway when they're uh, at the diner and they're, they're eating. And uh, he goes, I, I remember the, the battle on the bridge of souls. And Mimi's like, yeah, anyways, um, like, but they actually cut to him like kind of speeder like about to engage in battle. That was a very funny gag. I like that a lot. Oh, that, that was just like, and it was like every, you know, when he's talking about the worms, (laughs) <laughs> that worm was I, I haven't quoted here that worm was a good man <laughs> just so it, it's just so full of, like it's literally full of moments you can't you, you, you can't um go wrong with that I'm, no, I'm getting whole, a sorry, the whole I'm film is, oh sorry feedback. 
feedback from your uh your i think your sound so oh wait no 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 now i'm good now i'm good okay maybe i'm haunted maybe i'm haunted maybe it's me i don't know no no, no everything's cool again go ahead go but ahead talk, the, talk. there's there's no drag in this film at all the entire film moves it's 90 minutes or whatever um there's not one part like there's a lot of movies that I love revisiting where you, you get to that part, that 15 minute stretch where you're like, eh, I can go to the bathroom and get a beer and I'm not missing anything. Right. This film has got jokes galore and creature effects and and world building for the entire 90 minutes. And, you know, the, the kids performances are hilarious. Uh, Mimi is great, is a fantastic character. Oh, they um, carry the film. These kids they, Luke, the film. they carry the film and psycho Gorman can never remember Luke's name, which is a very funny gag. Um, yeah, they just calls him boy. <laughs> boy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Mimi and Luke are the center of the film and they are very funny. They're not annoying. They're not bad kid actors. They're all every, everyone in this movie is super well cast and just very impressive to be honest. Yep. Um, totally the movies great. that they're homaging homaging are, we're never on this level as far as performances are concerned. So uh kudos to them for being able to cast a film this well just amazing and you know i wondered i was like where is this when does this film take place does this film take place in the 90s is it because he mentions he said he fought in the iraq war the late 90s i think it's like the mid late 90s because they're playing n64 and they're talking about an n64 game like it just came out so I'm assuming this is like late 90s. So did he mean the Gulf War? Because he says the Iraq War. Yeah, the Gulf War. Like, yeah, from the early 90s. Okay. Um, that's what okay, I'm guessing. So, yeah, all the TVs are, are you know, tube TVs from the 90s. So Yeah, nobody's you know. using a smartphone or anything. So, yeah, it's got to be. Very true. Yep. Um, let's go to the notes. I'm just going to run. This is, this is chronological through the whole movie. I only have a couple pages here. No, well, just these, these these moments that I think are just so great. Um, <laughs> I wrote the first note I wrote was start your movie with an inciting incident because that's what this film wastes no time with just starting us off with oh they find a uh, they find this gem in the backyard boom <laughs> you don't need and it's a lesson really that I need to learn myself per personally like you know just like just start your film to start it. Get going. I mean, yeah, you don't have to. I mean, you could establish your characters and whatnot, like they say you're supposed to. But you could also do this and just start your have yeah. a, have a game of crazy ball and then start your film immediately and well, just go. For don't it. forget, don't forget the amazing crawl at the beginning of the movie where they talk about psycho. Very Gorman. true backstory. He doesn't have a name. Basically, he's just an uh, an intergalactic warlord that can destroy the galaxy that has been. That has right. been imprisoned on our planet by a bunch of soulless bureaucrats. And but you uh, know what? They they explain everything that's in that crawl kind of gets explained in the movie. Like we didn't it, even it, need the crawl. You true. Know? I think it was probably more for like flair, like style. Yeah. It was you absolutely know? for style. Absolutely. But yeah, you're right. It's a little redundant, but uh it's so stylish that I think it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> The um, we talked about the Morris Code thing, which is great and, and lets us know immediately that the family is that, that, that we're living in a kooky world here, like that, you know, besides mm-hmm. the fact that they that she's that he's dig that Luke is digging a hole because he lost the game to his sister and has to bury himself alive in it. Um, and then dad fakes a hand injury to avoid. I thought they never say it in the movie, but I, it's just something I would do, you know, fake an injury and then go lay on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes. Uh, Adam Burks is so good in this role. And and that's a running gag that pays off later in the film when he yeah. fractures his arm for real. And he's like, you need to drive me to the hospital. <laughs> oh, man, you're so right. You know what? I, I, you know, I was like, oh, I think they're implying that he faked it. No, you, you, you actually have it right. That was the setup for the payoff later that he actually does hurt his hand. Later, like, yes. yes. Okay. One, of my favorite, one of my favorite lines in the film is later after they, they, they dig up the, they dig up the grave or whatever. They get the gem from his body. Right. They're going to bed and they're talking, they're tapping on the walls. And that's how they communicate. Cause they set up right. crazy ball. They set up the fact they communicate via taps all very quickly. So that was cool. Right. And then uh, via taps, <laughs> he's like, uh, the, the son is like, what do you, what do you think that was? Was that grandma? And <laughs> which is a yeah. funny line, but then yes. she goes, no, I told you grandma is in hell forever. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I must've missed that line. I think I missed that. That's hilarious. It's one um, funny line on top of another funny line. It was very well done. They, that, but that's it. They literally keep like on top of every visual thing they have going for them in this film. They, they just follow it up with these, these incredible Lines. I said the kids are awesome. I said they carry the movie. I said I love this family. Um, there, we talked about the wino. Um, we talked about the round table of creatures. I love the one, and this is such a small little detail, but like in all of those sci-fi films that you're talking about, there's always like, not in all of them, but like I just love that one of the creatures, like that main creature guy is fanning himself. Mm-hmm. It's just such a nice little touch of like mm-hmm. what, you would see like I'd imagine that from like being like from Flash Gordon or something, yeah. you know, I don't know, just some little that was just a nice little detail. Um, and when they're in the Templar like like fortress or whatever, man, there is they use some matte paintings, man. There are some serious oh, yeah. matte paintings going on, and yeah. they are I got matte painting boners for days just watching those matte paintings. I was like, I love me a matte painting. I they, see. Yeah. They yeah. utilized every single possible avenue of effects for this film, whether it was practical effects, costume, you know, uh, latex, you know, animatronic puppets, you know, everything, um, matte paintings, uh, CGI. It's all in there. And it's amazing. Oh, yeah. They, oh, yeah. the symphony of, of special effects. And I love it. Um, the girl, she gets compressed into a cube. And we learn immediately that. Pandora does not care for humans. She's not a good guy. Nobody cares for humans at all. Yeah, nobody. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Nobody really. Even the humans don't care for humans. Nobody cares for humans. That's why uh, I guess that's why they dumped Psycho Gorman on this planet, because it's a backwater. And uh, right. Nobody would look for him here. But uh, right. That's another funny line is when they're in bed again and, and <laughs> Luke goes, are there monsters for real? Yeah. They, they, and then that, right. that, well, humans are the real monsters. So I guess in a way, yes. <laughs> and then you get these robber characters at the beginning, just to show us like what psycho Gorman can do. And they're just like, that's funny in and of itself. They're just like these three weird quirky robbers that have like, you know, they're, they're arguing over picture frames. <laughs> and he's like, 
please don't kill me. I'm not ready to die. <laughs> he does the reverse of killing him. He's like, then live forever. But it's like, yeah. he like makes the guy, like he sends the guy into this, like, what is it? Like, it's like an infinity of eternity or something. Like, yeah. Like, like, a, like a stasis of torture or whatever, where he's just, his body. His can't eyeballs move. are spinning in the back of his head. He's just like, kill me, please. This movie is brutally violent, but it's so yes. funny that, like, I mean, they kill kids in this movie, and they do, it's just, but it's all done for laughs, so it's okay. Oh, I was laughing every time. That was the one time we were talking about this on a previous show at some point about how movies with you know where kids get hurt is what you know the kryptonite, but this is really when it's funny. played for laughs, it's different. Yeah, it's okay, yeah. <laughs> totally, totally. Um the i said oh yeah uh oh fan alien covers the eyes of brain man so yeah at one point when they're seeing some gore and he's covering his eyes <laughs> over the like, glass <laughs> yeah over the glass it's just it was great um i see yeah, i said good guys don't give a shit about humans oh i love that psycho gorman i mean i'd like to think that psycho gorman is actually probably like pansexual but I just love that he was down, like just interested in hunky guys. Just had me that had me rolling on the floor laughing. I have no year. interest in hunky boys, or do I? Yeah, that was just so great. <laughs> and you know, it just came from a place of like it, it came from a place of just such open-mindedness. Like he had mm-hmm. he legitimately had this open dialogue in his head where he was like, Well, maybe I do. And he <laughs> thought about it out loud. It just had me. Man, that just had me like, like I said, that line, every line could be put on a T-shirt, and they could sell a million of them. You know, absolutely, absolutely. His when he uh, when they're fighting at the end in the warehouse, and the magazines get knocked over with the hunky boys in the magazines. He goes, "Not my yeah. hunky boy." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it gets like ripped at the very end. Um, they say, "What are you?" He said, uh, "Luke says, what are you?" And Psycho Gorman says. That is a tale bathed in the blood of a million dead memories. <laughs> it's really, really, and they funny. kept Psycho Gorman straight, except for a couple straight, as in the straight man in comedy, except right. for a couple lines right. here and there, and uh, it worked well. Um, this guy is dangerous, and he wants to murder everybody, and he can't he has yes. the power to do it. But the girl has the gem and can control him. Which is great because you know this guy will like will kill these kids for real. Like it's not like right. a Hollywood thing where <laughs> they'll be in like, hey, like oh, I, I can't do it. He will kill them. <laughs> in in a in a heartbeat. He calls he calls them brainless meat children. At one point he's like brainless meat children. There's which, a lot of good insults in this movie, yes. Oh, phenomenal, phenomenal. Uh dad microwaves chicken, which just painted so like just hearing just the idea of like microwaving, not as like a reheating method, but to cook is the like, chicken. yeah, is terrifying. It's <laughs> like, oh, you microwave the chicken. They're all at dinner. He made he's he made a big show about making dinner. And right. <laughs> just microwave the chicken. It brings the flavor out. That's what he said. It really brings the flavor. <laughs> and then they're talking about playing guns in the forest, and Dad is just totally okay with that. That just doesn't even bat an eyelash to his two small, ten-year-old children. Um, and and Alistair, he's sitting, he's eating dinner. Alistair is the boy next door that Mimi has a, a crush on, sort of has a crush on. 
and and he says she says don't you want to play with me and he goes no nah, i just want to play some vids that's it <laughs> just abbreviated vids I thought that There's was funny vids. yep um alistair has a great interaction with psycho gorman when they they bring him to the warehouse and they go through the whole spiel and he's like oh uh, all right well nice to meet you <laughs> just very deadpan psycho gorman says it would be better if you were dead <laughs> yeah i don't know i think it was the other way around i think he says it would be better if you were dead and he says um okay it was nice to meet me i don't know maybe maybe i'm wrong Something i think like he that. says i think he says it, it was nice to meet you i think and then he, yeah, he said, I just remember the kid being like nonchalant towards the, the menace of, I, I don't know. I could be wrong. Um, and Alistair gets turned into the brain monster and, uh, which is just, and nobody, nobody seems to notice. There's not one person that reacts to him. Yeah. Nobody you know, cares. One of the end credit scenes is him coming to dinner. He just gets, his parents call him to dinner and right. just sits down and eats and there's not, they just eat. <laughs> right. Which is great. That's like that. But that's like, that's that. I don't. I don't even know what you call that. Like it's beyond quirky. It's like it's not surrealism in the sense of the way you think of surrealism. It's like what? It, what kind of humor is that? It's just like uh, quirky surrealist humor. I don't know. Like I, I hate using those adjectives to describe something like that. You know. Well, they're de- they definitely play with expectations in this film. Like you're expecting people to go, "Oh my God, there's this this hideous brain mon." Nobody, nobody right. reacts. You know. Right. Uh, there's, there's a great scene towards the end of the film where um, where the dad, Adam Brooks, is in the car and all he has to do is get out of the car and, you know, to to and leave Psycho Gorman alone in the truck so the paladin can kill him. And of course, he sides with Mimi because they're the two characters that make all the wrong choices in the film and they drive away. It's supposed to be like in any other movie. This would be the big moment where where the characters take a stand. And they you save their friend and they back away. But in this movie, it's so it's done in it's inverted. It's the wrong choice because right. even though the paladins are terrible people, if they kill Psycho Gorman, they'll just go away. And then the world gets to go back to normal. But Psycho Gorman is saved and now is going to destroy the world. So except and, for that. I mean, and his origin is like insane. Like he he was born a slave and he discovers this crystal that has warlock power. It's like, you know what it is? Every single element of the mythology is like, it's just like generic fantasy. That's what it is. It's just pure. They're just using these purely generic, fantastical concepts in order to, you know, kind of like, you know, uh, uh, you know, in a flashy kind of way. And it totally works. I, I, I can't explain it. Um, there's also this line, champions don't eat broccoli, which I thought would go great on a t-shirt too. Um, we got to talk about two songs in this film. Um, oh, yes. We got to talk about Frig Off, and we also yes. have to talk about PG for short, which is the end credit song, which is yes. if you like the Ninja Turtles rap, from the end of the first Ninja Turtles movie, this song is for you. <laughs> I don't, again, mean to flaunt this, but I believe I have both of those songs on the soundtrack is on nice. this thing here is the soundtrack. It's a compact disc. I'm assuming it has the songs. I was not expecting it to be a three-disc set. I thought it was just the two discs. And so it's got, I think it's got both. I'm hoping it has both of those songs on it. What a nice little, that's a nice little bonus. That's very cool. 
And I mean, yeah, it goes into full on montage mode with this song and it's great. That's so cool. Yes. My, my choice for t-shirt, like a line on a t-shirt would be, I'm the heckin' best. That is like the best line. Frig all the rest. Like that would be my yeah. t-shirt. Um, I like absolutely, that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I um, love that song. There's a throwaway. It's on the TV. I think there's a throw. No, no, it's not on the TV, but they're just talking about it. It's just like, it, it's such, it's such an afterthought in the movie. They're talking about pubes in a bag for five bucks. <laughs> and uh, what would what would uh, they were saying? Well, what would they do with the bag of pubes? And I answered the question. Obviously, the whoever bought the pet the bag of pubes would glue them to their face so they look they look like they have a beard or under their armpit, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Yes, Joe, we're currently live and we're talking about Psycho Goreman. Yes, we are. Um, for those of you who are expecting Misfits tonight, that has been pushed. I I scheduled tonight for my friend Nathan. I wanted to accommodate his schedule so he could be, be on here with me. And tomorrow night we'll be doing the Devil Lock pageant. If you could only imagine what that is, Nathan. It's I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Um, th- here's the quote. Those were good people, those worms, when he's talking about the, um, when he's talking about something, a story about the uh, worms. He's telling like an antidote from his his battles. And he mentions that those worms were good people. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then dad, dad's uh, upset about his lucky bat getting broken in two and doesn't even notice Psycho Gorman there. Yes. Until he's right up on him, yeah. What would you pair this movie with? If you could do a double feature, what would be your double feature movie to put with Psycho Gorman? I'll tell you mine. Um, if you're going contemporary, just like something recent, I would definitely do like, um, uh, like if you're going to do non-Astron 6, I would do like Turbo Kid, which is another kind of like Canadian right, crazy gore-filled genre film. If we're talking about pairing it with something that was back in the day, right. Um, I would definitely go with something like either Masters of the Universe or gosh, maybe maybe just straight up crawl, like I mentioned, because okay, those are crazy, crazy enough films, I think. Okay, this is mine. I'm waiting Aladdin. for yours. I want to know it's yours. Disney's Aladdin. You know what? Straight up. You I'm not do even a joking. Feature with Wishmaster also. Wishmaster, Psycho sure. Gorman, and Aladdin. I like that. Sure. I sure. like that. I immediately sense. thought, I immediately thought in my head as I'm as I'm watching this movie, I said, this would be so perfect with Aladdin. I, that's the double feel. I'd start off with Aladdin and then I would do Psycho Gorman to finish up. And that you wanna, be, if you want to go really crazy, you could do Mr. Destiny. Oh with, my uh, God. With Jim Belushi. <laughs> with Jim Belushi. <laughs> oh wow. Um the you know love becomes the power that powers psycho gorman outside of the stone and you know like anything just like interstellar that's what interstellar and psycho gorman have in common that love is the greatest power of the universe and mm-hmm. the, and i love that i honestly love that i love that in both of those films you know a lot of people hate on interstellar but i thought that was the most beautiful part of the film was just the idea that love is this that powerful and can transcend time and space. And I like to think that 
what else could power Psycho Gorman besides a a, a gem uh, uh, filled with war, ancient warlock, alien warlock power? Love. Perfect. Either or, you know. Yeah, it's perfect. It works. Um, I yeah, you know, I had a question about poor Vince. We talked about Vince becomes a basically he's like an ode to Biocop, which is another Astron Six thing, but then. Vince basically becomes like a, a zombie slave to Psycho Gorman who wishes he was dead. And <laughs> um, and it was his birthday. Did you pick up that it was his birthday? Yes, I did. Like there's a cake that says happy birthday, Vince. And he come back to be like, Vince is dead. Mm-hmm. And they just like never, never mentioned again. It's Vince's birthday. Um, yes. And he gives um, when they're walking through the woods, he gives. Uh, Mimi a, a note that's like shaped like a heart and he's like oh for me right and open it up and it's written in blood it says please kill me <laughs> right please kill me right because he's a thrall to psycho Gorman where he's just he's like pustules and he's decaying on the outside and he's got his gun his policeman gun is is fused to his hand like Tetsuo video droned video yeah straight up hail to the new flesh hail to the new um, flesh and then you have Cassius three thousand that which literally when when he deadpan says I I I trusted every one of you except you Cassius Cassius three thousand <laughs> I never like it's just you want to know what the backstories of every one of these these goofy ass alien characters with these crazy names. they are they're all Power Rangers villains and yep. it's just it's it's really it's so spectacular it's so spectacular and it's so simple. Put a bunch of guys in rubber suits in the woods and have them fight. Mm-hmm. Super gory. It just works. It's like straight out um, of like verses or something like that. They even have like a Japanese themed monster called Witchmaster who right. <laughs> tries to rip off his head. There's a really cool scene where he she almost rips off Psycho Gorman's head and then he just rips hers off. So that was <laughs> yeah. That whole she, scene like, was rips his head, she rips his head off, but then he like reverses his head back so that like it doesn't rip off. Um. And Vince deflates, and then we learn about the warrior's death, which is set up previously when they're sitting in the diner. They're talking about eating, and he goes, he's just like, he's like, well, eating is a part of an honor code. And Mm -hmm. just setting us up for some of the best gags later on in the film, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, which are just, it's just great. It's just really, really great. Oh, one of them is called Dark Scream. Dark Scream is the name of the 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 lackey that poisons PG with his own blood. Yes. Um, Dad, uh, this was a great detail. Dad is watching Cowboy Pat on TV. <laughs> like such a, a again, this is like these are these opportunities where you have we could just do a really quick throwaway gag, like a one note, like a one beat thing. You need to see uh, a head flying through the room and he's watching Cowboy Pat inexplicably. And I just love that more than the head itself. So I thought that was pretty great. Find me or you all die. I don't know why I wrote this. Find me or you all die. After they they kill all of the paladins of Sidian in the forest, they're they're stuck because they don't have a car. So yeah. They contact the dad when he's at home. Psycho Gorman uh, contact, contacts him in the bathroom. Oh, right. Shit. 
and his head comes through like it like a message thing and he's like find us and then it right goes, right 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 and then the directions i and then just trying to remember why i wrote that down okay and then he's like but i don't know where you are <laughs> and he's like that we're on the corner of whatever and whatever right and it goes away again and he's like but where is that and then he comes back he's go straight and then go <laughs> and that dad, was, that was dad is mad at susan which yes. I think is hilarious. Which is hilarious because Susan calls him lazy. Yes, there's a marriage, um, marital troubles, and uh, which leads to some really funny and awkward stuff towards the end of the film, which I really enjoyed. And we also get uh, a sitcom heart to heart with Dad, where he basically encourages, like this family, the family values are as you said. It's always do the wrong thing. Where he's like, look, one time. When I was younger, there was a guy in a white van, and he told me he had a lot of baseball cards. And it turns out he was right. So trust creepy strangers. <laughs> I forgot all about that line. That was a great line. It was just so, and it had the heart to heart, like Full House, Family Matters, swelling, swelling music, and it just, it, it was just excellent, man. Um, I like the whole station full of cops that would have been the, like the main characters in any other movie. Like they're, they've all got personalities and, and they're there for one scene and then they, they're never right. seen. <laughs> right. The guy, the Santa Claus cop who has like, who's playing with the paper chip clay, uh, chain. Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh, he just doesn't even care. Um, and then we get this talk with Christ and it fe- like, it was a very weird sort of like uh stab at religion for like two seconds, which did not really fit in with the movie, in my opinion, personally. Like, it just felt like un. It felt like uh, jabbed in there, or it was just like too in your face. Like, like, uh, like, what is this? Are you do are you saying something about how you don't like religion? Like, what was the point of this? We kind of just got the same beat with the father daughter pep talk. So why do we need this? You know, sort of like a uh, you know thing with. Christianity. It was a little weird. I think it was just another facet of Mimi's character where she's getting too, she's getting out of control where she is just getting too big for her britches. And then she kind of has the moment where she actually apologizes to her brother. Cause she's right until the end of the movie. She's a pretty, pretty shitty person. Like she's very yeah. selfish. Yeah. She's almost the antagonist of the film, not psycho Gorman. And uh, because she bullies her, her brother and he's, she's just very demanding and selfish and, you know, there's probably some sort of abuse going on in, in a way. And it's probably comes from the fact that the dad <laughs> encourages her and, uh, you know, the son kind of sides with the mother who are, Does she, cha- she doesn't change at all. She doesn't necessarily change, but she has, she ends up having a better relationship with her brother by the end of the film. She does realize that she's been shitty to him. Or um, was that always there? Like the fact that she's able to apologize is something that's built in and just hadn't kicked in yet. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, she does seem to, like, you know, at first, I I wrote this, I wrote down at first that, like, oh, she's, like, she refuses to apologize. She's just going to sing a song, and that's her way of apologizing, you know, about frigging. And then she actually does apologize. apologize When they tap, she taps it out. So that's, I think that's character growth. I do. I do. I think that's a little bit of character growth. I mean, the movie I, ends right after that, so it's not like we get a chance to see them. The world is destroyed. I, <laughs> I don't think. Yeah, but I don't think that there was any. And I would love to see a sequel where it's just like a, a apocalyptic world a little bit. Like there's still like suburbia, 
but like it's also kind of like the end of the world and they're just trying to live a suburban lifestyle within the end of the world which would be kind of fun that would um, be hilarious yeah they're the only people left on the planet or whatever um but it seems like it's the funny part like the ironic part is that they've they've grown together a little bit as a family after getting through going through the events of this film but the world has been destroyed so who gives a shit <laughs> right <laughs> Right. I, I love this line, too. So, this TV won't stop bleeding. Hmm. When the dad picks up yes. the TV and yes. it's just... Oh, and, and Psycho Gorman just, like, talks to a TV, and he's, like, able to, like, talk... The electrogalactically. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just, like, again, making up, like, any time they need to move the story forward, they just make up some power or some attribute or something... And that allows Psycho Gorman to just go on to wherever next, you know, needs to be, you know. Because like, at the end of the day, I mean, it's kind of making a commentary that those details aren't important to the story. What's important are the characters. The characters are the most important thing. And if you have characters that people care about, you, right. can, invent, you, can, you can talk through a TV at, to the other side of the galaxy and contact somebody. And they'll be fine with it as long as they're on board with the characters in the story that's been presented to them. So I'm, I'm 100% because I... I I've tried to write stories and screenplays before where I'm like, how do they do this? I have to, I have to right. set it up beforehand. And that way when Me they too. do this, it makes sense. Me too. Like, do we really have to do that every time though? Like, come on. No, you don't. And you know, I think we would all be better screenwriters. And I'm just saying this, I'm saying this in a very generalized statement. I'm not talking about you or me in particular. I'm just saying in general, because I feel like a lot of people struggle with this. I don't, I don't feel out of place making this as a blanket statement. I feel we would all be better off if we, you know, didn't, you know, or weren't necessarily chained to the why of it all, which is something that is, you know, always suggested. Well, why? Why? What's the urgency? What's the agency for doing this or doing that? Or even for ourselves? Like, I need to know why this, exp I, need, I need to understand how this works in order for me to believe it so that I can write about it. And maybe, you know, maybe that's just not necessary. Maybe we could just go okay and then you know what is it do deuce ex machina machina whatever you know the the god of the machine just comes down and drives the plot forward and that's it yep. you know so i don't know but um i man this was this this was absolutely worth a blind buy if you are interested in buying psycho gorman you can actually do so you could buy the cop, the kind of copy that Nate has directly from my website via this little link right here. And when nice. you do that, you are supporting the movie. And I also get a, a little pocket money. So you're supporting the channel. I'm going to put that right here. But boom. Awesome. So when you go to fromus.com and then you go right here. I'm going to put it in the link. Sweet. When you click on this link right here, sorry, click on this link right here. Look, shop now. Boom. That brings you to Psycho Gorman. I get a little commission and you get to buy the movie and support it. So consider buying Psycho Gorman. You can do so right here. I just put it in the chat. I will put it in the, the other thing as well. So in the, in the description. Highly recommended for purchase. I can't wait to. Um, I wish I had time to watch the movie with commentary, but that's my next thing to do. I can't wait to do that. There's like three of them. There's three commentaries. I'm like, yeah, 
can't wait to dive into these like truly two hours of bonus features. So that's, it's yeah. a shame that we don't get more bonus features. A lot of the big films, they don't do that anymore. And it's, it's really sad. Um, it's a collector's yeah. market now for physical media. That's all it is. And you know, you're getting bonus features on the smaller films, which is great. But I used to, I miss being able to buy those double, double DVDs of all the big films. And the second disc oh. with all bonus features. Wasn't that the best? And that was the best. They just don't. Apparently, regular people don't like that stuff, and it's what does that even mean? Like, I, but I, that's, but that's why we're so fortunate. At the same time, like that sucks that it's no longer mainstream. But us, us, us guys, we have never lived in a better time where we have these boutique labels that are really catered to us, that are giving us, you know, packaging like this, and you know, putting these, these sets together for us to revel over and pour over. And I'll tell you, someone gave me as a gift. I know you'll appreciate this. I just inherited a, it is not an official release. I have to, but I already own the official release. So I feel okay talking about it. Uh, it's kill bill, the whole bloody affair. Wow. Like yeah. the actual, the actual cut, not just both movies smushed together. I it's a what I think it. I don't know what it is to be honest with you, Nate. I have to explore it. I well, from well, here's what I think it is. It's four hours and three minutes. I think it it is a fan edit using all of the elements available from the Japanese release and like all these different releases and and all the bonus stuff that available. All of it has been put into here to replicate the whole bloody affair as close as possible mm. because Quentin Tarantino has now said, or has said, apparently he will never release the whole bloody affair. It's never coming out. Well, he's not he going to release the roadshow version of the hateful eight either, because he was like, yeah. you either go to the movie to see it or you're not going, yes. you're not going right. to see it. Right. Bever no. uh, you have to go to the, the, what is it? The Beverly in uh, what is it called? His cinema in the new Bev. Yeah. The new Bev. You have to, if you want to see, Kill Bill, the whole bloody affair. You have to be in L.A. when it's playing at the New Bev on his personal print, which he has, which there's only one of or two of in the whole world. And that's the only way you're ever going to get to see the whole bloody affair. So I actually am kind of grateful, again, always support the 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 art and the artist. And again, if you don't own Kill Bill 1 and 2, you should own it no matter what, as the creator intended it. However... If you, you know, if someone gives you a copy of the whole bloody affair, you damn well straight better believe I'm going to freaking accept it and watch the shit out of it. I'm super excited to see what it is. And Scott, you get, it's like a Blu-ray. It's a thing. I'll, I'll, I'll take a picture of it. It's nice. a, it's a whole thing. It's a, nice. it's not like a file. It's a release. It's some, somebody put this together. It's a fan edit of some kind. And I'm very excited to see how it's, it's, you know, the one thing that kind of bums me out, it's not in full HD, it's 720. Okay. Which I think they did that on purpose. They, they, they did, they went down a steps to make everything sort of work fit together. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see, we'll see what it looks like. And I don't know how to watch it. I'm like thinking I should project it outside on my projector, like on the, on the, um, uh, you know, just the digital the projector. Um, and not watch it by myself. I feel like I need to watch it with people. So I'm trying to figure out how I can 
like, but the, the other problem is it's hard to find people that want to watch a four hour, three minute movie. I, I would. I mean, I know you would. I wish you lived closer. If, we if you watch this. it and it's the real deal, I will rent it from you. I will rent it from you. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I listen, I will report back. I will report back to you when I, uh, when I see it, I'm going to send you a picture of the front and the back of the disc. Cause I think you're, you of all people would appreciate this. I just feel like you, that's right. why I'm explaining it to you right now. It's so um, cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be really cool. Uh, tell me so real quick before, as we wrap up here. Um, so what's going on with uh, uh, the, the film, the big, the big film, you guys have done the, the crowdsourcing thing is complete, right? Mm-hmm. What, what's, the, what's going on? What's going on now? So crowdfunding is done. We are dispersing funds as we speak uh, to the director Beautiful. to get them started and off and running. Uh, directors are working pre-production right now, finishing casting, working on their scripts. Um, Beautiful. We are, we are in the thick of it. Um, very exciting. I, I, um, I'm kind of just in producer mode now along with Samantha Koyesnik and we're just, just making sure everybody needs what they need and get what they get. Um, yeah. So we're in the easy mode right now, uh, until we start shooting. So pre-production is going to go along pretty smoothly. Locations are locked pretty much. So we're just kind of just wait until everything falls into place in order to, uh, get this thing going. I'm going to try to go to almost every set possible and, and, and be there for them uh, in person for each shoot. It's kind of exciting. It's going to be like a whirlwind tour of each. You should set. do, you have to do like a Hitchcock cameo in all however many <laughs> stories, just like you turn, like you're like this, mm-hmm. you know, just like something like that. Um, is Jeremy uh, for Jeremy's segment, he was going to shoot in a theme park or try, attempt to, is that still happening or is that not going to go down? Yes. I think he did score a theme park. I don't know if I'm allowed to say. Okay. One. Okay. Uh, understandable. understandable and there, but I think, I think the deal was that as long as they don't, as long as the film doesn't show where, what theme park it is, he's allowed to shoot there, which is pretty um, amazing. I think that's awesome. And mm-hmm. again, I'm so stoked for you guys. And uh, I, I'll just be, I'll be watching from the bleachers cheering you on. And I can't wait to see, what comes out of it. It's going to, I think it's going to be really something great. We can't, yeah, we can't wait to unleash this on everybody and, and show everybody, you know, we can, we can do movie too and uh, have a good time and be part of the feature film club. So that's exciting. I I love it. And uh, hit the festival circuit and try to get some cool distribution. So all that feels kind of far away, but it really isn't next year. We'll be doing all that stuff. So um, hoping to have a good time. Yeah, it's yeah. a good time to to you know it's good that it's happening now and not a year ago. This is like yes, that's what I'm saying. Like you, it's the perfect time. So you know, we uh, that's a funny story because uh, Samantha and I and uh, a couple other guys like Mike Lombardo and John Hale, we were we were working on an anthology. Um, I guess I could talk about it now because it's never going to happen. We were working on a horror anthology, the four of us, and we we're getting ready to like start pre pro, and then the pandemic hit. And oh. then we just were like, never mind. We're, we're not going to go through with this. So I think some of the other filmmakers might do a solo project for each of their stories. And I'm kind of turning mine into a feature screenplay. But uh, we were close. We were very close there for a minute. And uh, instead, we decided to do worst laid plans. And I think it's uh, we're better. Everybody's better for it in the long run. So Heck, for yeah. 
Frig, yeah, frig off. Frig, yeah. Frig, yeah, frig off. Well, that's awesome. Um, I'd, like to, I'd like to thank my guest, Nathan, so much. Nathan, I'm sure we'll be at some point. Oh, yeah, we'll be definitely be talking some t- uh, Tom Arnold in the future. I, I can't wait for that. That's going to be uh, oh my gosh. a good time. A You're really going to do the birdcage, too, right? Am oh my god, can I do the birdcage? Because I yeah. fucking want the birdcage yeah, so bad. You're on the birdcage. And, okay. Uh, oh, you just made me the happiest man of the world. That's I want to see you at, if if you can make it out. We want to see you at Genre Blast too this year, please. Dude, every year, every year since I came, I'm always like, I'm gonna go to Genre Blast, and there's always just some bullshit that gets in the way. <laughs> but you want to know something? As of right now, I'm unemployed and I don't have a job. <laughs> and so therefore there really is no reason not to try and make it out to Genre Blast. I I, I legit I cannot wait to get back to Genre Blast. I hope that it is this year. Um and you know, no no matter what. I, I you know, I totally forgot. I just realized I submitted to Genre Blast this year. Totally you forgot did. about it. I did. did. I totally forgot about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just how much I just want to like, you know, I'd ra- I don't care. I just like to want to support no matter what. So either way. Um, yeah. but listen, uh, we'll, we'll be in touch. Thank you so much for taking your time to do this. I want to, I want to stay, we're going to stay on our time budget because it's a work night and I appreciate you. I appreciate, you know, we're both dads and be being up late. It's not easy. It's just not an easy thing to do. So hashtag dad know. life. Yep. Hashtag dad life. <laughs> um, Nathan, thank you so much. It's been another wonderful episode. Check out my link. I think I put Nathan, some of Nathan's links. Uh, you could check out genre blast film festival in the description here. Um, and you can check out Nathan's real 96 podcast in the link is in the description as well. And keep your eyes peeled for uh, worst laid plans, which is an anthology film coming out soon. As we always say, peace and hair grease.